With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Talking Point as we look ahead to the Azerbaijan Grand Prix and it's a very special episode today. Here is what's coming up on today's show. We take a look ahead to the Azerbaijan Grand Prix's Formula 1 returns to Baku. Sam Cooper has the chance to speak to a Haas physio and he'll also take us through his chance to play F1 Manager, the highly anticipated game that will come out at the end of August. And I'm pleased to say that joining me for today's episode is Planet F1 journalist Sam Cooper. Sam, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. You've been a busy man, but we'll come to that a little bit later on. Yes. Uh, so let's start off by talking about Baku then. A bit of time has passed since Monaco now, and uh, it's already looking like uh, Ferrari need to bounce back this weekend, don't they? It is, yeah. It's only been two weeks, but already it seems like a lifetime ago since Monaco. Yeah, the, the story of the season's massively changed just in the past month or so. And it's very much Red Bull in the ascendancy. And it's, I think, most worryingly for Ferrari, it's not just Verstappen who's in the ascendancy. Perez is winning races now. So, yeah, I think for them, this time a month ago, they probably couldn't, probably couldn't have foreseen their fortunes going into this race being as they are. But they need, I think Leclerc in, in particular needs a race he can be proud of as the signs. But, yeah, the Ferrari, it's, it's a case of now and ever, especially with Mercedes creeping up behind. So, I think, yeah, there's work to do in Baku. Yeah, Charles Leclerc did take a shock pole position in Baku last year as well. I don't think anyone was expecting that. And uh, so he has got the form round there, even if he did have that uh, that crash at turn eight that was uh, the sort of infamous I am stupid radio message a few years ago. Yes, yeah, he does. And I think, unfortunately for Charles, he's getting one of those reputations, or especially stats-wise, that he does often get it on pole, but it's not being able to convert it into, um, into race wins as of yet. I mean, he's, if you look at the number of poles he's got, and the percentage of those converted into race wins, it's, it's very low. So yeah, yeah, I think I think the stat there is that he's got the same number of pole positions as Max Verstappen, but I think twenty fewer wins. Exactly, and that just tells you everything you need to know. I mean, granted, he hasn't had as fast a car as Verstappen's had over the last few years, but Verstappen hasn't had a race winning car other than last season or this season. So he's he's shown he can make the most of 
well, capitalizing on situations where his car isn't the quickest. And so far, Leclerc has had the quickest car in certain tracks, and he hasn't, for whatever reasons. Granted, I'm, I'm giving him a pass to Monaco because that just wasn't his fault. It was Ferrari as a team. But yeah, I think he it's one of those stats you won't be proud of, and he wants to start converting those poles into at least a podium place. Hopefully it'll win. Yeah, exactly. But let's move on to Red Bull now. Sergio Perez, supposedly the sort of man man in form on the grid, isn't he? He's uh, he's looking for his uh, second victory in a row, not just in Formula One, but in back uh, in Baku as well. After taking victory last year, and uh, he with the new contract in place, he just looks like uh, well, a different driver, really, doesn't he? Yes. What a turnaround for me. If you think back to that race in, I think it was like the last race of the twenty twenty season, he had no seats, and then now he's one of three members who are going for a title race. And I think it's very interesting for Red Bull because they haven't been in this situation since probably Danny Ricciardo left in 2019 where they've got two drivers who can win races. And I think, I think it's still clear that Verstappen is their favourite. Why would you upset your golden goose when he's younger than Perez and he's, he's already a title winner? But I remember Christian Horner said last week that he said... Red Bull as a team don't really care who wins the drivers' championship. I don't think that's that true. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that remains to be seen. Like, wait until we get to say like Brazil and see if that still rings true. Yes, I think there's in terms of the future, there's a lot more to invest as they have done with Verstappen. So, but yeah, Perez is the man in form now. I think it's it's interesting to see the way their camaraderie between Verstappen and Perez is because. They've shown, unlike I think the the most obvious example is always Rosberg Hamilton in 2016. It just seems the complete opposite. But we're only seven races into the season. Like we all know how tensions can flare as the season goes on. So yeah, at the moment Perez can just enjoy it. And yeah, if, if he can produce another, if he can become the first driver, I think to win two races at Baku, then yeah, he's he'll be in the championship lead, you presume, depending on what the Saturn does. So yeah, that'd be a, a new position for him and Red Bull. Yeah, it's a, it's a tale as old as Formula One, isn't it? Teammates uh, sort of competing for race wins. It always starts off friendly, but who knows how that will uh, that will pan out in the next few races. But looking ahead to Baku itself, uh, you've already touched on there. There's uh, there's not been a repeat winner around there, and it's always produced good races. I mean, it it's only came onto the calendar in 2016, but it's it's a pretty popular race, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, it takes a lot of the elements of Monaco and sort of ramps them up a bit. So you've got, I think, yeah, the you've got the speed that Monica doesn't have you can have the overtaking it's, it's also such a pretty track as well I mean driving past that famous castle like yeah it's it's a very scenic track and um yeah it'd be interesting again to see these 2022 cars with their big width their bulkiness how they get around the tighter sections of the track but yeah it's a, it is a race that's been enjoyable over the last few years hopefully there's another one this Sunday so Sam, let's move on to your feature interview then. You have been a very busy person this week. Uh, who have you had the chance to speak to? I spoke to um, Nikolai Madsen. He's part of the physio team for Kevin Magnussen at Haas. And he, he along with um, his colleague, were given the hard task of getting, an F1, getting, a, getting a driver ready for F1 in the space of a week. So as you can imagine, it was an unbelievably hard task and one, that's, one that impacted his neck most of all. But yeah, it was a really good chat to get a better understanding of what makes an F1 driver be able to perform, really. Let's take a look. If I can go to the very start and say, what's like a typical training routine for an F1 driver? Um, I think there's a lot of difference between the drivers, but for Kevin especially, um, it's a lot of, uh, you know, neck exercises, core exercises. Um, so, I think there's many ways to do it, but me and Thomas try to 
to make a schedule, a plan for for Kevin and his training in Denmark also. Um, so in Denmark, it's usually we have one session a day with treatment before and maybe after, um, just to to get him loosed up again and and ready for for new training. But yeah, Kevin only had one week to get ready for Formula One, so and it will take approximately four or five months to get in F1 form. So we were a little bit busy. Mm-hmm. So it was a hard balance to to train Kevin in the start. Um, but now it's it's okay. It's it's better now. Um, so yeah, a lot of uh, hard exercises, uh, especially the core and the neck and you know the shoulders and tries to do it so specific to the car. So try to imitate the way he is sitting in the car and what about in the turns? What uh, does Kevin do with the neck and try to to work with that? So, yeah, um, I think a lot of people at the clinic, uh, we have a fitness center where Kevin is training. I think a lot of people just laugh when, when they see me and Kevin trains because I'm just pulling his head down and just try to rotate it and hold him like this for for minutes. So, yeah, they're laughing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. So you, you mentioned a bit about, obviously, Kevin came into the sport so late. Like, what kind of level fit of fitness was he at before? And, like, how do you even how do you even approach that? You say you've got a week to get a driver ready for an F1 race. How did you go about that? Yeah, it was, it was yeah, Thomas uh, contacted me one week before he uh, doing the tests so um i was just like okay we need to train kevin uh, hard but not too hard because he is going to to uh, get in the car so it was it was hard to um, to find the balance um but he was in um actually okay shape uh, form from the last one and a half year in in imsa and so he was okay, but but there's so as it's so different from other racing. Um, <clears throat> so uh, also in in after the race in Bahrain, he, his head was just locked all the time. So um, yeah, we treated him for four or five hours be, um, between the quality day at Saturdays and and Sunday's uh, race. Um, and Thomas, Thomas, the the owner of Pro Treatment, who also works with uh, with Kevin, was in Saudi Arabia with uh, with Kevin, and he texted me a picture of of Kenny, Kevin with with tape all over his neck and head, and he said to me, Kevin, after the race, I can't move my head with tape on, but I, after I took the tape off, I couldn't move it. Yeah, I can imagine. So, yeah, so it was it was. A very hard balance between um, treat um, training, uh, so he gets the most out of the training, so he could perform, but but he couldn't be sore or have uh, muscle soreness um, during the race or qualies. So yeah, it was it was intense, mm. uh, and I think Kevin <laughs> Kevin. Obviously, he he knew how hard it is to to drive a Formula One car, but I think he was a little um, 
he was like, oh, damn, it's so hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have forget that. Yeah. So, yeah. But he is competitive. So you don't hear him to say, oh, I can't drive. But I couldn't, I could, I could see in his eyes. And when he, he looked at me, he was just like, <laughs> yeah. So do you think he's up to speed now? Or do you think there's still a bit, he's like, especially in about the neck, do you think he's, he could do still a bit more work? Um, I think he always can do a bit more work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think everyone can, but, uh, but he is way better now. And we have, we have worked very intense during the day offs uh, in Denmark with, yeah, sometimes two sessions um, training and, a lot of treatment, but he's 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 in a good shape now, and and I think he it's different because um, the track, the circuit is so different mm-hmm. um, from yeah. So Jeddah is a very hard tr- track. Um, Imola was okay. Barcelona was also okay. Miami was quite hard because he no one have driven it before so he's he's on his way back mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna ask that about um is there a particular track that is just known as being like physically grueling i think singapore gets mentioned a lot but maybe that's due to the heat but is there one that specifically puts like so much pressure on the driver's body mm. it's it's more like the turns mm-hmm. for example i think it's uh turn three on Barcelona is hard because they have to hold the head. It's a long turn. Um, but I think, yeah, Singapore, as you mentioned, um, all the races where, where the heat is, is crazy. Um, that's the hardest races, but, but I think, um, just like, uh, Imola was okay. I guess Miami was quite hard. Yeah. But I think Singapore is is the hardest race for the for the F one drivers, I guess. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, just thinking about a race weekend, like what kind of exercises do you do? That is it quite light because, like you said, they're in the car for a long time. Is it just mainly warming up kind of exercises? Yeah. Um, when we are in a in a race week, we normally the days up to we just train him quite hard. But but during the uh, the race week, we don't have so much time for doing stuff like training. So it's more like um, trying to make some play some football actually or juggle a lot and um, and a little bit of exercise just to get him get him ready. Um, so we are not completely kill him <laughs> with with the with exercises because he he needs to perform mm-hmm. and. Uh, in my opinion, we we can treat him a lot so he can get ready, but but we can't. He can't have muscle soreness before um, training and quality. And so we are just doing some fun activities in Bahrain. We played some paddle and some table tennis. Um, of course, I let him win. <laughs> uh, but but um, yeah, so so some activities he. He can compete in uh, swim contests or stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, like, what kind of stats do you keep on the driver during a race? Like, do you find out how much weight they they lose 
like per race and like if so how much does that tend to be for kevin um i think it's it depends on the weather um at the uh, barcelona it was crazy it was so so warm and so it's about three three and a half kilo mm-hmm. um so it's a lot and yeah but yeah it's it's so much about his how warm it is and yeah so i think it's some races it's around two uh, in a race but yeah mm-hmm. it depends on the heat yeah 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 and um is there any like particular injuries that you find are common in f1 drivers you mentioned about the neck is that something that is that the main area that you try to focus on to avoid any any injuries in that kind of area yeah you can yeah because um i think f1 drivers don't have that injuries that football players have you know um <clears throat> but but of course the necks and the forearms as well is um his wrist his his shoulders and and the core um um so yeah it's not like injury we know from other sports <clears throat> they are pretty safe in the car actually and and don't have to perform so fast uh, so the injury is quite a low but but yeah the soreness in obviously the neck is is the hardest part um and yeah a lot of headache and a lot of uh, um, bad rotation in the neck is mm-hmm. yeah but yeah so i'm i'm happy for my my thumb yeah, I don't think Kevin loves my thumb. All oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just wondering as well. Do you deal much of his like his nutrition as well? And if so, like, what's the typical F one's diet really? Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it depends on how uh, which driver you talk with. But but with Kevin, um, we try if it's a very hot race, very warm before um, Barcelona. I knew it. It's gonna be warm, so the day, the days up to the to the to the training sessions at the, at Friday, I just put a lot of water in him and stay hydrated. A lot of those taps electrolytes, and mm-hmm. and about eating, he is <laughs> he loves pasta pesto <laughs> with salmon and vegetables. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, I um I talk with him um about what do we want to eat and stuff like that and then on the quality days and the race days um quality days there's FP3 and then quality and before FP3 <clears throat> he gets some pasta pesto and between the the sessions he's get he's got a a smoothie mm-hmm. it's easy to to intake so yeah Mm-hmm. and um i was just thinking in terms of say if a normal person just got into an f1 car and just even does a couple of laps like how exhausted would they be after that oh yeah it's 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 crazy because i have got that question so many times where mm-hmm. people said how can it be hard to drive an f1 car mm-hmm. and after i have trained with kevin when I just pushed his head and just hold his head for hours, uh, it's it's so hard for for the neck 
imagine you go from 350 kilometers to 50 in around a, uh, some seconds. Hmm. Um, normal people can't uh, understand how hard it it is. Um, so, yeah. And Kevin is a good uh, example of the training. Uh, it's important because obviously he only had one week and he was training before that, but not that intense and specifically on, on the necks and the course and, and the forearms. So, so I think it's no normal people can't imagine how hard it's, it is. Even I cannot. Um, so I, I talked a lot with Kevin about it. How is it to drive it? How, how hard is it? I know two hours is a long time in a, in a car with a, with a pulse on almost 170 or 150, it's a long time. And yeah, you know, with the driving suit and underwears, it's, it's, there's some factory factors, some that, that really uh, hits, you know, the warm and you can't get out with, with the heat from your, from your body, but mm. the soreness uh, in, in the neck is, so intense yeah i think i think in a in some of the the turns it's about eight nine g's so it's nine times your body weight so mm. then you can try to put you try to uh yeah work with the head and that yeah it's crazy mm. do you think uh like a person off the street would even be able to do it in a lap because i remember there's so many clips of um non-professionals trying their head just gets shoved forward do you think even a normal person could even manage to do a lap for the physicality of it. No, I don't think so. Um, the hands device is helping, mm-hmm. uh, of course, but but it's. I don't think I can do it. Uh, actually, for some weeks ago, me and Kevin was training, and I was just like, "Oh, Kevin, let me try this and and this," and he killed me. It was <laughs> so hard. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think any. Um, you need to have a lot of stamina as well, but but the specific movement when you when you uh, break, you have to hold your head back, and then you have to look at the apex in the turn. So you have to turn your head, uh, and then the car is moving, so you have to hold it. So it's three, four different movements, and and the neck is 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 um, is very. You have a lot of rotation and and. Um, Range of motion in your neck, so you all the time have to hold it. And yeah, you know the porpoising in this season is crazy at all. So, so it's it's hard for for the drivers with the yeah. porpoising as well. Yeah, I was gonna say, how how do you deal with that? Because obviously that was a completely unforeseen problem that suddenly these drivers are bouncing so much. Is there is there anything you can do to sort of lessen the impact of that on the driver? Yeah, uh, I can. Turned out, but no, it's not a, it's not an exercise. But I talked with Kevin after. I think it was in uh, Australia. Um, he talked about, oh, he has some just like nerve pain actually going out in his arm and in his his jaw. And I talked about it with him, and and we kind of saw that. I think it was because of the bouncing. So mm-hmm. so the spinal cord just pushed pushed all the time on 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 the nerves and so we talked about it and we tried to treat him out it i think thomas treated him for three hours 
Um, but it's it's hard to 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 uh, train that bouncing stuff. Mm. But I think it's it's way better now. And yeah, the team has find a way to salute that also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, just my last question. In um, I think um, Jessica mentioned you train other sports as well. In terms of like athletes, how highly do you, would you rank an F1 driver? Because you mentioned it a little bit earlier that people sort of see F1 drivers and they they don't think you have to be that physically fit. But I think we both know that it's it's a very grueling sport. It is, yeah, uh, quite a high actually. Um, I think. Um, Oh, it's a hard question because yeah, I have worked with uh, football players and and athletes, but it's on a different level. It's it's more um, um, in F one. You you need to um, oh, what can I say? It's I think they are very high actually because they have they need to have a lot of stamina and they need to. It's just like if you um, take um, something you can hold in your hands and just squeeze it and try to squeeze whole body that's how they feel when they drive for two hours um so i think they are very high but of course other athletes are using other muscles you know like yeah football players they are good at running i think bicycle players are not that good uh, bicycle riders are not that good at at running so mm-hmm. it's it's hard to compare athletes um but in in motorsports f1 drivers is i think f1 and uh, motor gp motorcycles is is the the hardest at least yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah well that's that's all my questions that's been yeah really interesting like to learn a bit from the inside so a proper bit of time spent really quite madison then sam like he's he's a really interesting person isn't he he is yeah yeah like he's he's very open about what challenges him and kevin faced and what as a driver. And I think it, it was interesting from his perspective because he's trained football players as well. So when I asked him about how do F1 drivers compare in terms of um, fitness, he said that very high, because I think from the outside world looking in, you can always, you can be mistaken to think that F1 drivers aren't that fit because they just sat down for two hours, but it's the sheer forces that they're subjected to. And the fact that if you think you've got to keep your neck completely still whilst also going around a corner, looking at the apex and looking at 19 other drivers, making sure you don't hit them, then yeah, it's an unbelievably hard task. And to hear how he gets him, him and Kevin get funny looks when they're in the gym, cause he's pushing his thumbs into Kevin's neck and how I think one of the funniest stories was they said they taped up Kevin's head and like and <laughs> after they took the tape off, he still couldn't move his head. So yeah, it really sort of, it shows that it's not just, two hours drive it is a lot of pressure on your neck and if you're not ready for it you can't do it and it's the perfect explanation as to why a lot of drivers necks are probably the same width as their head in some cases mm, as well mm, but that, no yeah. a really good chat with him as well and adding to your busy week even further sam you have had the exclusive opportunity to play the highly anticipated f1 manager 2022 like, how was that experience for a start Oh, it was great. Yeah, I was invited up to Cambridge for Frontier developers who were making this game. And it was, um, yeah, I didn't really know what to expect going in. But I think if you're a football fan, you've dabbled in the football manager games. And it's it's of that same vein. Um, we were dropped in the season pretty much this week, actually. It was the week leading, leading up to the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. We were in charge of Alpine. And um, yeah, so you can customize your tactics. And I think the uh, it's there's so much more than just a race. So like... 
for example, like the, the week of gameplay that I got to experience was there'd been a new part that had been made and I had to choose which if I wanted to put on both drivers' car or just one of them. And then also you've got scouts scouting for new drivers. So they were suggesting this rookie from F3 and I wasn't going to re- replace Oscar or Pastry from Alpi because that would be a bit of a daft move, but I could have done it for once too. And then um, the ra- I think the game excels itself in the race, the, the race weekend really. So you can... You can you can be in charge for all three practice sessions as well as qualifying. I mean, for time purposes, I only had an hour to play, so we skipped forward to the race. But there's just a lot of elements to it. So before the before the weekend, I was um, I could speak to my sponsors, and they said, right, we'll give you more money if you think you can get to Q2 with one of your drivers, but if you don't, it will cost you money. So there's a bit of that risk reward thing, and I was fairly confident that an Alpine could get to Q2. So I did I did go for that extra money and thankfully Alonso came P9 in the end. But it's it's sort of the stories that develop through the game. I think that's probably what most it, it interests me and I guess other people is um the graphics of it as well, I must just say it's just so good. Like I it looked like I was watching an F1 race for so much of it. And then they've got um the some of the sky commentators as well. So it's really that feel of an F1 of an f1 event really and um the cameras as well i must say like you can f- switch between so you can have like a, a the standard camera you see on tv where it just follows corners by corner or you can you can literally go for the front wing or the rear mounted headset of any of the 20 drivers on the grid and it's the, the clicking through is seamless like i was clicking between in my example for in my race for example daniel ricardo had a spin uh pretty early on so i was watching him even though he wasn't my driver and then yeah, I could, that's what I talk about. It's just the narratives that sort of build. Like, I was battling. So, in my qualifying, I got Alonso as P9 and Ocon as P11. So, it's nowhere near the race lead. I think the staff and the Leclerc were battling up for the race lead, but I just wasn't focused on that. I was just more focused on how can I make sure Alonso stays ahead. And I, it quickly became, I, I built myself a nemesis of Lando Norris, where he was <laughs> constantly on my tail. And I was just like, <laughs> I was burning through rubber. I was burning through my battery just to try and keep him off. And like, this seemed like it went on for about four years of my life, just with him behind <laughs> me. But yeah, it was probably about three or four laps. But eventually I managed to, I, get, I got him. And that was, that was the bit that made me really enjoy it because, we had beforehand you set up your strategy saying we're going to pit on this lap we're going to chase these tires we'll do one stop or whatever but with norris i thought right here's a chance to go for an undercut i'll try and get 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 a new pair of tires on and hopefully you get stuck in traffic and luckily it did so i think that was the perfect moment of how much influence you can have on on a race and i think it was only like an hour, but I was just so stressed after it. So I could only imagine what people like <laughs> Christian Hall and Total Wolf are like every day of their lives. They've got to deal with this. But yeah, I just thought it was a fantastic game. And I think it's one that you can get really stuck into from like the technical side of the point of view, but you can also just really enjoy these like narratives that build up, I imagine through a season, but in particular during one particular race. Yeah, absolutely. And th- for that level of, um, well, you've already mentioned the sort of gameplay and the graphics in that. For, th- for that to be in a manager game as well, that's that's a really big effort from them, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Like I can imagine the amount of research that's gone into it is huge because it's it's not just like, oh, do you want to replace your front wing? It's like, oh, what do you want to do to the front wing to replace it? What do you want to do to your side pods? And like, yeah, the level of detail that's gone into it. And they've got, you can see, I think one of the handy bits is you can, if you get a new part, you can put it on your car and then you can sort of rank it against the other teams. So like, it's just generating this massive amount of data. And then yeah, there's there's other bits as well. So you can do like contract negotiations. So I did have a look if Max Verstappen wanted to come to Alpine, he didn't. But yeah, it's stuff like that where you can um you can yeah, it's just the level of detail 
on both in the track and off the track. And it's, it's something that I'd be really interested to see to get involved with through like a full season. Because obviously, like I said, I had an hour to play. We jo- got dropped in for the Baku Grand Prix, uh, for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. So yeah, I imagine this, you, it, there must be quite this high level sense of reward that if you take a car, I don't know, someone who's not at the top of the grid, like, and, and manufacture it maybe over a course of one season, maybe over a course of another season until they are fighting for the championship. Then yeah, I'd imagine that's similar to football manager when you take like Rafe Rovers to the Champions League. Like there's probably the, the equivalent. Yeah. So I imagine, yeah, that level of detail and the, the ability you can have to make your team the best is probably one of the big selling points I'd imagine. Yeah, and we will look forward to that coming out on August the 30th on uh, on all regular gaming platforms. And Sam, thank you very much for, for joining me for today's episode. You're welcome. No, not a problem. And thank you to you as ever for either watching or listening to Talking Point. Be sure to head to planetf1.com to get caught up on all the news and views heading into the Azerbaijan Grand Prix this weekend. And we'll look forward to speaking to you after what happens around Baku. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.